Have you ever wondered what it's like to be a part of a power couple? Do you know how to support your partner and still actually do your own thing? How do you even find balance in a marriage? Well, today we're talking to Ashley, a travel blogger, part-time yoga teacher, full-time ray of sun, and mom to fur baby Mushu, and Josh, a writer, comedian, motivational speaker, and former Paralympian. Together, they are the Sunquists, and hopefully we'll find out the answer to a couple of questions in these episodes. One, two, three. Hola, hello, everyone. It's your host, Sabrina, and welcome to the Pretty Sure Podcast, where we'll talk about everything from travel, dating, to expat life, and everything in between. With new guests and topics each week, we'll get advice, some insights, and talk about things I'm pretty sure you've all experienced at one point or another. Sometimes all we really want to know is why, what does it mean, and am I the only one? See, I felt alone many times in my life, but I've gotten through it all by having my friends at my side. So I want you to think of me as your new best friend. We'll laugh together and maybe even overthink a little, but we'll have a damn good time at it all. So get ready, guys, because here we go. So guys, as you might know by now, I'm still on the lookout for my love story, and as such, I'm a total sucker for romance movies and dating shows. Like I've mentioned before with Love is Blind, give me some bad TV, drama, and a happy ending, and I'm sold. But it actually really warms my heart to hear about all these amazing love stories and how they make it work and manage to both be bosses, not just one, but both, and support each other. It's actually something I've been super curious about ever since watching Gossip Girl, Still a Blair and Chuck fan. But don't worry, I don't only get my romance fix from fictional TV. I actually also see it with my friends and acquaintances and can tell you a couple of great stories. Starting with my best friend, shout out to Jairz and Jeff. You've been the original couple goals since I've known you. So my guests today are each amazing in their own right, but together I feel like they complement each other in every way. And I thought they'd be the best people to ask about the specific topic. I actually met Ashley last year at the Google Connect Live event that I previously talked to you guys about with the other girls that we formed the local girl gang group. And we connected instantly and bonded over being vegans and loving Paris. <laughs> and Josh, I've heard so much about, I feel like I know him already even before I've met him. So I'm ecstatic to welcome you guys to Pretty Sure Podcast. And please give us a little bit of background on yourselves and let's dive in. Thanks, Sarita. Thanks, Thanks. for having us. Oh, just everything came together so nicely. I'm glad that we could could chat a little bit. I know. I'm excited. So tell me about you guys. Tell me a bit about your individual stories before we go into how you met and everything. <laughs> yeah. So this is Ashley and I live here in California in Santa Monica. And um, I, gosh, I've, I've always loved to travel. And I think that's one of the reasons that I was so excited to be part of the local guides group. Mm -hmm. And it's what brought me to Connect Live last year. And uh, I'm super into yoga, cooking, fur babies, as you mentioned. And yeah, and I think Josh and I just love to do a lot of those things together, which has been pretty awesome. <laughs> what about you, Josh? Yeah, the things you said about me are accurate. I uh, give motivational speeches, do stand-up comedy, uh, I've written a few books. Like you mentioned, I used to be a ski racer, alpine ski racer. These days, I, I play on the U.S. amputee soccer team. And wow. uh, I don't know. I go on a lot of walks, watch a lot of movies. 
plays a lot of video games. He's super into uh, Witcher right now during the quarantine season, uh, <laughs> which is his game of choice. Um, so I'm actually, I'm learning how to play ukulele right now during oh, wow. quarantine, which has been, yeah, it's been really fun. I've never played an instrument, but now I have mm-hmm. lots of time to do that. And so I'm actually learning the theme song to the game, to the video game. Um, oh, that's so insane. That's, <laughs> so he'll sit there and play the game and I'll sit there and strum the ukulele uh so that's kind of what we've been up to today since we're not traveling or playing soccer yeah. or you know doing, doing any of the thousand yeah. things you guys do <laughs> that's amazing and so I know that you guys met at a club yes guys really it's possible to meet your soulmate at a club <laughs> um but how did that actually happen like who came up to who how did it go through like could you actually listen to each other at the club? Were you sitting, like, what happened? Yeah, so, um, yeah, so it is kind of crazy. You can meet the love of your life um, at a, a nightclub, which <laughs> I would not have expected. Um, definitely, I wasn't going out that night thinking, oh, mm-hmm. it, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to even meet anyone special. Like, I didn't even want to go out that night. One of my girlfriends, Megan, was like, come on, come on. Anyway, it was this little kind of dance club lounge in Washington, D.C. called Local 16. And I was dancing with all my girlfriends. And, you know, it's like loud and and kind of dark and crazy. And I noticed Josh dancing with a pack of his friends, you know, like a little wolf pack. And they were all (laughs) jumping up and down, being crazy. And I just noticed Josh. And Mm. he had this amazing smile and just kind of this this, – this ray of sunshine about him. And I was like, Oh, Oh, he's cute too. I like that. And uh, oh. I, I went up and I went up to him actually. You go girl. Thank you. <laughs> and did you guys know that you were the one for each other? Like right off the bat or were you just intrigued? You mean like right off the bat that night? Yeah. Were you like, Hmm, there's something about this guy and you Josh, were you like, Hmm, maybe this will come into something more. No. I mean, I was just, just like, Whoa, a hot girl came and talked to me. This has never happened. <laughs> this is great. Yeah, there was, there was not necessarily like a, a long-term plan involved. Yeah, definitely like how, how you said it, just intrigued. Intrigued mm-hmm. enough to say hello and excited that he was like, hey, like, what's your name? I'll look you up on Facebook. And to be yeah. honest, I was kind of disappointed he didn't ask for my number. I was like, look me up on Facebook. Like, what? Uh, Okay. But yeah, the next day when I um, opened up my Facebook, I had a friend request from Josh and I didn't know his last name at the time. And we even, we really met so quickly that I was like, oh, that's that guy I met last night and, you know, accepted his friend request. And he sent me a Facebook message and we exchanged a few messages before our first date. And it was kind of funny because I didn't realize at the time that when Josh had gone home from the club that night, he had gone to look me up. My maiden name is Nolan. So he mm-hmm. he put into Facebook, Ashley Nolan, and there were 650 Ashley oh Nolans. And so he actually went through and he friended all the ones that could possibly be me, basically all the blondes <laughs> <laughs> um, from the Washington, D.C. That's commitment area. right there. Yeah. Yeah. And his best friend, Brad was over that night. And so he's still Josh's best friend. He lives a block away from us and he's like a brother to me, but he attested, he said all night, 
Josh was just scrolling <laughs> and trying to to find you. And so it was very yeah. um, sweet when I found out that story later. Oh, and personality wise, do you guys ever think you'd end up with each other? Like, were you at all your types or it was just like a huge surprise? I mean, I don't, I don't know that I ever had types. Well, I, in fact, like Ashley was my first girlfriend, um, mm-hmm. which not for necessarily like lack of trying to date, but I never was in a relationship. So yeah. I feel like it would be uh, an exaggeration of my relationship history to, to say that I had any kind of type or have any kind of type. I don't know. Yeah. She seemed really great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. You know, I, um, do you have a type? Babe? Do I have a type? Well, you know, Ashley's always had boyfriends. Okay. Yeah. Ashley <laughs> We're like the opposite. I had never had a Valentine's Day before I was in a relationship. Ashley yeah. has never had a Valentine's Day in which she's been single since yeah, she was like 12. It's like, true. It's just continuous. Yeah. It's continuous I'm necessarily like proud of. But yeah, I would say, yeah, I've, I've had some romance in my life. You know, I think definitely um, I, I thought Josh at first – kind of Mm -hmm. look I was like oh he's like super handsome and just had great style and so just kind of that instant easy on the eyes connection you know that you can kind of have that (laughs) chemistry visually um yeah and then personality wise I mean he was just better than anybody I had ever dated he was so above and beyond you know whatever type I had gone out with even at our wedding my dad was giving his toast and, and my dad actually said Ashley's dated some interesting characters <laughs> over the years and it's true and I think back to my relationships and they're all different men all from different backgrounds all you know very interesting in their own ways and not to say that everybody yeah. isn't interesting but Josh is an interesting character too but he was just the birth. Yeah, maybe what he meant was like, she stated some interesting characters. And, and still boy, does. is this guy an interesting character. You know, He's and, and most, she did not break the, the most character interesting and, of all. And I think that even now, laughing about that, like, I think that it's good to find your partner an interesting yeah. character. You know, like, oh, definitely. I, I don't think I have ever been the type to just kind of want, oh, I want like, a quote, normal guy. Like, I think I've always kind of been attracted to men, especially who are a little different and just in interests and and backgrounds. And Josh just took the cake and, you know, was (laughs) just the most captivating, you know, interesting, awesome man I'd ever met. And so I certainly didn't want to let, let him get away. Yeah. (laughs) that's amazing and so guys I'm sure both of you have gone through hardships in your life um but what's actually made you overcome them and how do you actually manage to chain them into positives how do do we overcome like a hardship yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, like what's made your mentality change that something happens to you and instead of saying like god damn it why did this happen or like oh my life sucks you're just like you know what I learned from this I can move on I can improve or it happened for a reason you know like what can you say that's helped you get through hardships in your lives yeah I don't yeah it's an intriguing question it's something I think a lot about you mentioned earlier I'm a motivational speaker um Mm -hmm. and that career largely stems out of having had cancer when I was a child (laughs) so it's certainly like a, a theme that I think about and talk about. And I, and I wish I knew, like, I wish I had a, like a three-step formula or something about how, <laughs> yeah. about how to 
I don't know, face adversity. I mean, yeah. I think there's a, a few principles. Like, I think it's really important to have the, the people that you have in your life are largely the people who are going to shape your like sort of uh, attitudes yeah. and aspirations and values. So I feel like that kind of foundation is uh, number one as to how you yeah. would respond to adversity. And then I think to some degree, you know, we tend to in English use a lot, and especially in like Western culture, the, the sort of the term of overcoming adversity. Uh, mm-hmm. Certainly, if you look at my website, that's something that apparently I give speeches about. <laughs> but I, I think it's <laughs> often a misnomer and often like the much of our suffering is based on the idea that we have to overcome adversity as if it's something that yeah. we like fix or climb over or whatever, when in reality, much of it is getting to the point where you surrender to the to the aspects that you can't change as opposed to like fighting against what is already reality and and once you've sort of accepted the pieces that are unchangeable in that they have already happened or they already exist then you have freedom to work within uh, the bounds of that situation or to look at the things that you can change or that you can affect or to find the things perhaps that you that the things that are positive within an otherwise negative situation. That's amazing. And Ashley has, ever since you've known Josh, like has this changed the way you look at overcoming things? Like has his vision changed how you react or have you always kind of felt the same way as he does? You know, Josh is a very, you know, in addition, in addition to being an interesting character, he's a super (laughs) insightful guy. You know, Mm -hmm. he gives a lot of thought to, why he believes and feels certain things, you know, more than anyone I've really known. And, and I think that when you're around Josh and I've been around Josh quite a bit the past nine years, you can't help, but begin to think a little deeper about some of those things. And I, I have gone through difficult times like everybody has. um, But I think the extreme of what he, what he had gone through as a child from his cancer and amputation certainly has shown me just how resilient somebody can be just uh, firsthand. And also uh, he never makes excuses. He doesn't complain. You know, he, when he says he's going to do something, he, he does it. So even above and beyond kind of managing those challenges, just everything that he does is just what he says he does and what you see is what you get. And I also had never really dated or been in a relationship with somebody who really like did what they said. Yeah. Like did what they said or didn't, you know, complain about their circumstances. And we all have tough spots and uh, Josh just has never let those be barriers. Yeah. And I think something I've, I've learned from Josh over the years that has really informed a lot of the things that I've gone for, whether it's yoga or going to connect live or Mm -hmm. different pursuits I've had over the years. It's just that nothing is out of reach. And I think we're, I used to have this mindset, I think like, Oh, that's for that level of achievement is for some people, but not me. Like I'm, I'm not good enough to do that, or I don't know enough, or how could I even, you know, connect or or do certain things. Whereas Josh is like, that's like not even a thought that he just thinks, oh, this is what I want to do, and I'm going to do it. And he's like, oh, you want to be a yoga teacher? Like, 
yeah, like go for it. Where for a long time, I thought, I don't know enough, or I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. And those stories we tell ourselves. And so it's kind of helped bust the lid off of some of that thinking that things are out of reach for me. That's amazing. And so actually, how did you get into first of all, blogging and second of all, yoga? Oh, and gosh. You, Josh, how did you get into comedy? But first, let's Ashley. <laughs> how did you get into blogging? So you I just got... love to travel and start writing. Sorry. Yeah, no, I um, so I do. I do love to travel and I do love writing. And when I was a little girl, I, I wrote my first travel journal when I was 10. And I went to Ireland. Mm-hmm. And it's really funny to read back on because most of the things I like to focus on on my travel blog now, it's what I wrote about when I was 10, the food I ate, oh, and the wow. people I met. And it's funny, but I, I didn't start my online travel blog mm-hmm. until my journal, my travel journal was stolen. So oh. a few years ago, maybe three years ago, we were traveling in San Francisco and we were actually in a cat cafe of all places. <laughs> and I had left my purse and a couple things in the car with happened to have my travel journal in it. And somebody broke into our car and stole everything, like our suitcases, our oh, wow. my purse, my laptop, and in it, I didn't care about anything else uh, but my travel journal, and yeah. I was so upset. We had just visited Paris, and so I had written a lot about that trip, and I was very upset, and I thought, you know, what's a way that my travel journal uh, could not get stolen again? I think I will start um, a little travel blog online, so I got a Wix account, and I didn't have any experience with making a website, but I kind of knew the look and feel I wanted and yeah. had some stories. And so I've, I've done that now for the past three years. I think I have 50 posts and uh, wow. just a, a fun little place to express myself and kind of document those memories in a way that I know won't get, get taken away. And do you still journal? Like, do you still write or you've only done it digitally now? Uh, you know, I just started writing a, a I just started writing a journal in quarantine just to mm-hmm. remember this time. So it's not much. I just write about a page a day, recapping the day and the highlights and who I talked to, what I ate, stuff like that. Um, <laughs> but I think it'll be just sort of a good personal document to look back on. And it's yeah. interesting to see how my uh, moods or my feelings are day to day based on the situations. Yeah. And, and it's interesting to kind of see maybe what activities or which people kind of uh, made the day better. You know, I find the days that I'm more active and the days that I'm talking to my friends and family more, those are the days that are more upbeat. So yeah. uh, I think journaling can be a good tool, but I can't say it's something that I've been doing consistently until quarantine. (laughs) (laughs) And then you mentioned that Josh kind of pushed you into getting to yoga because you've always wanted to. Was it like a passion of yours? Did you ever take classes to teach or was it just like, I love it, I'm going to do it now? Yeah, I I started practicing yoga about 10 years ago. I had right after college as a way to manage stress and a doctor had actually recommended it to me and I just fell in love with it. It was such an interesting way to move my body, engage with my body and it's just amazing how it's, you know, just transformed. Yeah how I can interact with my body and my breath and all of these things. And I'd always thought, oh, it would be cool to be a teacher someday. But I just, I think I kind of put them on a pedestal a little bit being like, oh, well, they know 
everything there is to know about yoga and they know all the poses or they can do them all and 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 then they can I, correct and stuff yeah, yeah. And that there's a lot of you know and then I set aside the time to take a teacher training at my local studio the bhakti yoga shala here in santa monica and I think it was just the combination of just amazingly encouraging teachers, my teacher Govindas and Angel and studying and just feeling like, you know what, it's so much about just how you uh, love yourself and how much you love your students. And that's what you can share. That's the practice. It's not doing a perfect headstand. It's uh, loving people and being present with them. And I think once that shifted, I, and Josh, Josh was very encouraging to say, you know, let's block the month of June for you. We won't travel just so you can be totally focused. And I would go to yoga training for 10, 15 hours a weekend for the month. Wow. And I'm so happy that he, I, he was encouraging me to just like go for all, it. Go, yeah, go for it. And he was always my uh, student at home when I was <laughs> practicing. And he doesn't even really like yoga all that much anymore. And so it was just <laughs> like, you know, that was a really loving way he could support me and just lay on the ground and listen to me and remind me, oh, hey, do you want to practice yoga tomorrow? Just kind of helping keeping me accountable too. And of course, supporting me as I started to make materials, you know, like little flyers and things. So yeah, it's been, all, been awesome. That's a beautiful way to look at yoga, actually. I feel like more people should think of it that way instead of like, I have to be perfect. Oh, yeah. And and I think uh, the type of yoga that I do is it's very personal. And mm-hmm. it's sort of just this, you know, this sweet devotion and motion between you and your body and for me, God, and, and it's just a really beautiful experience. So I yeah. think it uh, yeah it's not about perfect angles and how you look it's about how you feel <laughs> and okay josh how did you get into comedy like how did that all start what well, i've been giving speeches for kind of forever like since i did my first formal keynote speech when i was 12 like where i was you know, wow. in front of an audience talking for i was like 20 minutes so i've been doing that for a long time it was never comedy per se nor was it particularly funny uh, <laughs> despite my efforts <laughs> to make it funny. But yeah, so I guess within me three three years ago now, to be clear though, I'd always been very fascinated by like stand up and comedy. And it's always been like something I've just been really enjoyed being a consumer of. Three years ago though, uh, Ashley gave me, uh, you know, master class. Yeah, Sabrina? yeah. Yeah. So Ashley gave me the class, uh, like Steve Martin teaches comedy. And uh, hopefully due to this plug, you can get master class to sponsor your podcast. are you hearing masterclass available at at masterclass.com enter coupon code sabrina for 10 10 off yeah so uh actually got me this course where steve martin teaches about stand-up uh i guess knowing that i had always been sort of interested in stand-up and i was like yeah this is awesome so uh yeah basically i just started trying to do stand-up after that um, so I haven't been doing it that long in the grand scheme of things. So I, I mean, I, but know. three years being a stand-up comedian, like it's long, right? Because you go on the road <laughs> and you do so many shows, like it counts already. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, I'm not like world class at it. But yeah, so I, I guess I started yeah, I started performing like locally. Uh, living in LA, there's like both a ton of opportunity. There's like a lot of shows, you know, but there's also a crazy amount of people who do stand up or want to do stand up, uh, many of whom are, are very, very good at it. It's very, very hard to like get any time 
uh, to be on stage in LA. So uh, I was fortunate that I had a social media following. And so I was able to start performing at colleges pretty much immediately by Mm -hmm. just having my followers tell their colleges to hire me. And so I did that for a year. Ultimately, I knew I wanted to perform a one-man show. And so I I toured colleges kind of uh, working on that show, like what would be the show. And then almost two years ago now, started performing the show locally at a theater in our neighborhood. And so, yeah, and then I, so I did it 52 times at the wow. local theater. As your listeners have probably surmised, by now we're recording during the, the COVID era. Uh, perhaps perhaps, <laughs> yep. they, perhaps they will be listening during happier, freer times. But um, Let's hope so. Look at at the, back at this nightmare. <laughs> right. <laughs> but at the moment, your listeners might remember when things such as live events were not a thing you could do. So I haven't performed in front of any audiences for, for a little while, but um, that's sort of my journey as a, as a stand-up. And how do you find inspiration for your act? Does Ashley help you with like some come up with some jokes? Do you guys choose topics or is it mostly like you and then you try your material on her? Both. I would say like I think of ideas. I often run them by her uh, Mm -hmm. before or or sometimes I'll just do them in a show. I guess I kind of like because it's like. Um, Yeah, sometimes he'll just steam right ahead. I'll be like, I don't know about that one. And he'll just, you know, he'll be like, nope, I like it. I'm going to do it. But. But it's yeah. it's really fun when when he will try things. Well, yeah, so because it's like I'm doing like a one man show, right? Where it's like ultimately, uh, I'm trying to kind of hone the material. So you know, mm-hmm. which is to say that a lot of it over time becomes the same. So then, but then in any given show, I may be trying two, three, four new things. Um, but mm-hmm. I just kind of like put them in the show, and but I don't necessarily tell Ashley because I want her to just be listening and be like oh like surprised at the bit and to see like how the audience reacts and then after the show she and i and my best friend brad that ashley mentioned earlier and ben uh who's like our camera recording guy who records most of the shows will talk about like what the new stuff and you know like comedy is really fascinating because people listen to a comedian there's sort of this illusion that they're like just telling you funny things that just pop into their mind when in reality the comedy is is very iterative and when you're hearing a very good comedy bit that person has probably done that thing like a hundred times and changed it every time to find like the best path through the jokes so yeah you have to both sort of test it on audiences and then also like share it with other people who will then often like be like oh what if you tried this or what if you tried that Mm -hmm. Uh, so in that sense yeah ashley has contributed lines to many of my best material and who are (laughs) told me that told me material that i thought was great was making the audience uncomfortable and i should stop stop doing it (laughs) that's amazing so ashley do you go to all of josh's shows or do you also sometimes do your own thing like how do you balance that oh gosh yeah we produced the show together so i've been at every single show and wow. didn't necessarily when josh came up with the idea to do a one-man show we didn't we didn't really quite know what it looked like i think josh was envisioning something pretty no frills people walk into the theater and they walk out you know sort of that it was a pretty what would you say minimalist experience yeah what is yeah what, I, what she means by that is like i imagined there's nothing on the stage. There's no, there's no yeah. lighting. Like there's no like lighting. a spotlight. A there's just, just a guy, a guy on standing stage. on a stage. There's no lobby experience. There's no like yeah. ticket taker. If, I mean, if there has to be, there has to be. 
but that's what I imagined. And then I would just so like, walk was... over, do my material, and leave. And Ashley was, and I was like, like, oh, and I'll be maybe... doing whatever I'm doing. You know, I'll go to the show sometimes and see what he's up mm-hmm. to. Kind of like with his speeches, you know, if, if it works out, I go. And if not, I don't. But it just quickly became clear that that Josh shared that vision. And I think we talked about it. And somewhere along the way, we thought, hey, let's let's make a little bit more of an experience for people when they come in. And I love to entertain and host and making people feel welcome and and loved is something that is just so near to my heart that uh, we ultimately created this little pre-show experience that I host in the courtyard. And there's food and there's free wine and music. And it's sort of a fun way for people to, you know, kind of welcoming them to our house almost before the night kicks in. And then by the time Josh starts his material, they're already, you know, cozy. a little settled in. They're cozy. Mm-hmm. Yes, they are cozy. <laughs> and uh, when I greet them, they don't know Josh and my relationship to each other. They just think, oh, that's the ticket girl, which is great. You know, it's a, a really fun dynamic. And then when they uh, find out that Josh and I are married at the end, it's a really fun twist. So I think that's it's been part of the surprise of the show. Yes, part of the surprise of the show. And it's been a really uh, awesome project to do as husband and wife. And um, I don't think that we could have guessed just how special it would be to have this be our Friday night uh, in the community. And it definitely deepened our roots here in Santa Monica and has introduced us to some wonderful people in the community theater realm and just been really cool. It's just really fun. Like, wow, this is something we've done together. And I'm so proud of Josh every time he gets up on stage and on nights when it's tough. Like, you know, a lot of most of the shows I would say have been awesome. And we've had some standout ones. And then there's our one or two that are just like, it's a tough crowd. It's a tough night. And I, you know, just see him up there and I'm like, oh my gosh, (laughs) you know, I, you know, I just feel for him. I'm so proud. Yeah. He just, he, uh, super brave and it's just been really cool to do together. And is it hard working together, like seeing each other at home every day, doing your own thing and then working as well together? Or is it just like everything fun and roses because you work together great and it's just like a fun experience? Like, have there been moments where you're like, oh, this is so hard? I think maybe in the beginning, like now, like we kind of we have like our rhythm. We've worked together for over a year now and it's yeah, we have a nice rhythm now. I think in the beginning, it's super important to just lay kind of, I would say guidelines isn't the right word, but just kind of talk about, you know, your different working styles. Mm -hmm. I was used to working in super loud, crazy collaborative work environments with tons of people and a lot of socialization. And so it was really different than working at home. And so I think for me, it was just really important to also have a very robust social life outside of working at home because I need people. And whereas Josh, having grown up homeschooled and being, even if you think about his career as a ski racer, it's a very like singular, autonomous approach, which is also, there's, they're both great. And so I think we had to find a rhythm and a balance between us and we're really respectful of our different working styles and kind of encourage yeah. encourage each other in that. And yeah. is it hard to actually balance, you know, like between work and actually just you guys' time? Like, is that something you guys struggle with? I don't know. 
I don't know that I would go so far as to say struggle, but I think it's something that we're very like cognizant of. It's something you have to think mm-hmm. about. Like, so yeah, so like Ashley said, she is, she worked in traditional jobs. That is to say, like she went to you know an office for mm-hmm. most of our relationship, and so then just the past year that we've both been in the apartment, you know, like working not just in the apartment together, but like working together. Uh, on the yeah. show and like booking booking my motivational speeches and things like that. So yeah, it's definitely something that you have to get used to. And I think it's, I don't know, it's just like any relationship where it's like, you just have to like work through what are each other's needs and like, what are the boundaries? And in this case, I think part of it is like, what are the routines that are going to be useful? And so, yeah, so I do think like, as you alluded to, I, I don't know how other people would find it, but I think most people would that that you have to have maybe compartmentalization that there's sort of like at least for me the way i you know and this is just like like ashley said i was homeschooled i've always been self-employed and so like this has always been how i've worked that like i have a routine i get up i do my work you know i do x work from this time to this time i do y work from this time to this time I generally like after 5 p.m. I don't do work before 5 p.m. I don't want to do other things that are not work. Mm -hmm. And so I think a relationship has to have kind of similar ways of doing things. Yeah. You know, for a couple of those, both like in a romantic relationship and working together, that there are times, maybe like times during the day when it's like we will talk about work things and then times during Mm -hmm. the day when we will largely not talk about work things and I think that having those sorts of caps is useful because like obviously a relationship would suffer if all you do is talk about work right like that's I think intuitively know that and so the the way in which you maybe interact with each other is different depending on what you're Mm -hmm. talking about and so you have to make sure that neither there's like that nothing nothing Right. Yeah. That nothing's kind of Mm -hmm. like pushed, pushed aside. I don't know. Would you agree with that? babe? Yeah, I would would definitely agree. I think like we both know that let's say it's 11 AM and if he's say editing in his office, editing a bunch of videos, I'm not going to run and be like, Hey, so like, let's talk about what we're going to do this weekend. (laughs) What are you having for lunch? Yeah. (laughs) You know, same with me. Like if I have headphones on and I'm making calls or, or Mm -hmm. emailing somebody, you know, he knows, Oh, maybe I'll chat with her about this in a few minutes. And I think we also, we still keep our emails like super sweet and loving to each other. It's not like Mm -hmm. dear, dear Josh, like, you know, (laughs) please send this email. It's like, it's it's much more yeah. sweet and loving and I think it's really important to keep that you, you can still get things done being yeah. kind and loving and patient with each other I'm glad you think that my, my emails <laughs> are like notoriously curt and unfriendly oh yeah yeah he, <laughs> I have to be like okay hey Ashley yeah. tells me all the time that my emails to clients are bad or, or not no, bad no not but bad like, they're just super direct we've received super... we've received complaints from relatives that come through Ashley to me that my, oh, my yeah. emails were not like friendly enough so I'm always just like He's just right to the point. Yeah, I'm just like, what what's efficient? You should say the information that you wanted to say. Like, why do you have to, <laughs> now like Ashley's taught me that apparently you're oh. supposed to start emails. Like I now I, I literally write emails now where I'm like, I write the sentence that I'm trying to get, and then I go back and I insert a sentence at the start that's like, How are you? <laughs> and then after the sentence with the information, I write, Hope to talk to you soon. Or like something yeah, friendly. No, it's just so, so true. And I that's do that now just like apparently, apparently that's what the humans yeah, do. Yeah, well, it's like <laughs> that's what the humans do. Would you get an email like you know, yeah, super like curt? You're like, oh, did I do something wrong? You know, like, <laughs> but 
I think yeah. that that's just like a great example of in a relationship, like where everyone is so used to being in their own skin, right? And doing mm-hmm. things the way they do them and thinking the way they think them that sometimes if your partner does something different, you could be like, how do they not know that you should say like, how are you in this email? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But but then the reality is, oh, he's coming mm-hmm. from, from this efficiency standpoint, which is great too. But I think you know, celebrating your differences is, is key, but then also just being open with each other and being like, Hey, you know, it might make others feel a little X if you do Y, you know, have, have you ever thought about this? And they're like, there's definitely things on both of our ends. We're like, huh, I just never thought about it like that. And I think that can be definitely a strength because you complement each other and you are bringing out the best and you're also growing and and getting different perspectives but still I'm not telling Josh to change himself I'm just kind of opening awareness about how other people might feel yeah definitely so do you find it that it's hard to support each other in each of what you do while still doing your own thing like have you managed to find a balance between that or how do you go about it that way because each of you do, you know, your own separate thing as well as you do it together. Like, Ashley, you've got your blogging, you've got your yoga. And Josh, you also do like your motivation and everything. So like how how do you guys go about that? I think there's areas where sort of like where we are equal partners and there's areas where mm-hmm. like one of us is sort of like the lead on something and there's areas where we have just kind of like our own activities. So yeah, I don't know. That's how I would look at it, right? Like there's, you know, like Ashley's yoga teaching yeah. career slash side hustle. It's like, that's her thing and she takes the lead and I try to like mm-hmm. help her where I can. Uh, if she wants help, I'll like pick up flyers for her if she's had them printed or like... Yeah help her with the technical aspect of printing the flyers. But it's like ultimately up to her to decide, does she want to teach classes? When does she want to teach the classes? Who does she want to teach the classes to? And like whatever she decides, is like I support. I don't know. Is that a good example of him? Yeah, I think that's that's a good example, and I, and I don't. I feel like we we have a nice rhythm. We definitely have a lot of unique projects in our wheelhouse, and mm-hmm. have a nice flow with them. And there have been times maybe where uh, we're doing a lot. I think when I was working full time in an office and we were doing the show, Fridays were really hard for me. I would get up at at five maybe and and go to mm-hmm. the gym early and in office all day and then prepare for the show and then go to the show and then get home at 10 or 1030. So that that was hard. But I think now just my schedule is so much more flexible. And we're both very organized and keen on on time management. And so I think it's a time management thing and the communication and just uh, that's been really key for us. And we also share a calendar, which I don't if we're talking about kind of practical ways to stay <laughs> yeah. organized, we, we share a Google calendar so we can see each other's calendars for we have a comedy calendar, I, we each have our personal calendars, Josh has a travel calendar, a speaking calendar, and I manage all of those calendars. And so I think it's important because we can look ahead and even just look at today and say, oh, okay, here's yeah. what's going on today. And yeah, just, just like you can see if there's aware. conflicting things and work around them and yes. stuff. Yes, yes, absolutely. And just, uh, I think that's been been really good tool. <laughs> that's amazing. And so what do you guys admire most about each other? I, I admire the way like Ashley cares about people and is empathetic. Mm-hmm. 
towards not well yeah i mean really all i would say like all life all living creatures like she's so you know really caring towards animals like our pets but also animals in general and people both people she doesn't know and people that she does know her family her friends you know i would say i've learned a lot from her uh in that respect no sweet mm-hmm. Um, well, <laughs> now your turn. Do you admire? Well, you tell us about some of my best qualities. Not getting away from this, yeah. Ashley. I gosh, I love Josh's commitment to to projects. Like I said earlier, he does exactly what he says he's going to do, and he sticks yeah. with it. And I think I've just grown a lot seeing him, you know, stick with some really challenging projects whether it's writing a book or doing the show and that he works so hard and just that level of dedication and commitment is something I admire so much he's extremely reliable and I think that that's a quality and a partner that is undervalued Josh is definitely so reliable to his friends his family. He's just a loyal friend. He has an amazing group of guy friends from uh, William and Mary, his college that I, I really admire that their friendships and uh, uh, he's a loyal and loving son to both of his parents. And he's an awesome big brother. He's the oldest of four. And I think that loyalty too is something I really admire. He you know, would do anything for his friends and family. And I, yeah, I really admire that about him. Oh, it's so sweet to hear that about both of you. And so I know we've talked about what each of you do separately and together, but what is the favorite part about what you do? Like what is something that keeps you motivated doing what you do? It could be anything. It could be about yoga. It could be about travel, blogging. It could be about comedy. Just like what is your favorite part? Oh gosh, my well, my favorite part about yoga is helping people feel relaxed and finding a place of restfulness. And I'm, you know, taught a few students this week, and just hearing after a class that they had a great outlook then on the day. And I know it's not me personally doing that for them. It's them. It's making, helping make space for them to be still and to slow down a little bit and remember that they can find, find that. So I I just love helping people relax. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. I like to agitate people. (laughs) we We sometimes joke that like as a motivational speaker, my role is to like stress people out. Uh, Mine is to call, calm and, them back and, down. And Ashley does the, you guys should add that into your routine. Exactly. Like you ask yeah. many people and then Ashley calms them yeah. down. Yeah, we're, we're like down. the opposite. Uh, and that together we, pr- we bring balance to the world. I make people feel like they should be working harder. Ashley makes them feel like <laughs> feel they should like, be chilling out more. Yeah, that they're, they're okay just relaxing and slowing down. <laughs> no, That's yeah, really funny. I like telling stories, whether it's writing or performing in front of an audience or, or on social media, whatever. You know, I just think, I think I've always enjoyed being a storyteller. Yeah. Yeah, we can see that from your Instagram. And actually, my next question, I'm not sure if you thought I was going to ask it, but I am obsessed with all your costume ideas oh, you. on your Instagram. Mm-hmm. I really want to know 
how did this start? And Ashley, do you help? Is it like a team effort? Do you come up with like the concept together or like, how does it actually work? I'm super curious. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, I do these Halloween costumes that have been a thing for a few years, which just started sort of arbitrarily in like 2010. So Mm -hmm. as we've alluded to, but has not been explicitly clear on this uh, podcast episode, I am an amputee. I have one leg. And in 2010, I went to a a Halloween party dressed mm-hmm. as like a partially eaten gingerbread man. So I was like a gingerbread <laughs> man, but like with the leg, the left leg bit off, yeah. which was just like, I just thought it was funny. And it was funny. Like other people thought it was funny. And then two years later, actually, after Ashley and I had met, she suggested that I dress as a leg lamp from the movie A Christmas Story, which sort of maybe ironically, even given that how important the costume became in my life, I'd never seen the movie even. So like, I didn't even know. Like, you still yeah. ever seen it? No, I've seen it now. Okay. I hadn't at the time. <laughs> Uh, so I dressed as this leg lamp, and that was also very funny. But then uh, it sort of took off this new life on the internet, where someone posted it, became very popular on Reddit, and then yeah. people found the one from a couple of years ago, put them together, and then ever since then, I guess it's been a a, a tradition where I'm trying <laughs> like try every year to like continue to amuse people yeah. with the costumes. Yeah. And yeah, it's obviously like these are not costumes you can buy off the shelf; they take quite a bit of effort. Uh, a general, I hire different people, like different sort of artists or crafts people. Yeah. Depending on like the materials of the costume, it takes uh, quite a bit of of the year. Not necessarily in terms of my time, but uh, interesting how long it takes. And so, yeah, actually, it's definitely like integral to that. In that, I'm always talking about ideas, like what am I going to be yeah. next year? What am I going to be the year after that? Like what what things are happening in the world that I could dress as? And then, yeah, and then it's def- so then it's definitely a team effort to like kind of work on that and think yeah. through it and. And then, you know, ultimately, like, photograph it and maybe make videos about it or whatever the kind of end product uh, in terms of social media ends up being related to the costume. How long does it actually take you guys to plan it? Like, last year, I started reaching out to costume people in May, I think. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's just slow. I don't know. It just takes a while. You have to, like, find the right person and, like like hire them and then there's a lot of like iterations of the costume and try like trying different pieces experimenting with things well you guys are doing awesome before i actually jumped on the call my mom since my mom's here obviously she's super curious and she asked me oh who are you gonna interview today and then i was showing her um both of you guys as pictures she already knows ashley Aww. and then i was <laughs> like yeah josh is coming here too and she's like oh so what does he do and i showed her your costume and she's like oh my god that is amazing i love it <laughs> yeah, that's, yep. uh, she's that's, like you should that's ask yeah that's always a, a funny question when people say oh what does your husband do I'm like, yeah. hmm, where do I start? <laughs> but that's what—that's one of the things I, I love about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. And so we've only talked about good things uh, in your relationship and everything. But has it ever been hard um, in terms of what other people have thought about you as a couple? Because, I mean, I know it happens if it's like a really tall girl or a really tall guy and like a short person. Like, have you ever felt that it's a hard thing and has it like changed over time? Or you just never really cared about it? That's a great question. Yeah, I mean, question. definitely people have been like, oh, man, look at this hot girl. <laughs> what, is, what is this nerd doing with her? Maybe maybe he's just her, like, uh, assistant. <laughs> you know, I, I think I, gosh, I mean, of course, some strangers say weird things sometimes. Yeah. Um, just pertaining to the fact that Josh has one leg and I have two legs. And <laughs> yeah. 
you know, they have something to say. But for the most part, I think people have been just really supportive. And anybody who knows Josh knows that that is so minor. Like irrelevant. Yeah, Yeah. it's just, and and that's something I learned after even just right away on our first date. It was like when he picked me up. It's it's just so... um, Something that just, you know, you don't really... You don't uh, think about it. Yeah, you don't think about it. But yeah, I think um, as far as things as a couple, like when we first started working together, I was really, you know, I was used to having um, office jobs and and in the career path that Mm -hmm. I was in. And I was really insecure, like people are what people would think, like people are going to think, oh, she's just giving up on her career on this path to just go do what he's doing. And that was really something I wrestled with, and was feeling just insecure about, you know, and I think women in particular can be somewhat unkind. You know, if somebody, let's say they're a working mom or they're a stay-at-home mom or they work with their spouse or they don't or whatever. And so that was something I was very self-conscious about. But then I I just kind of came to this beautiful realization that it it is such a privilege and it's such a joy to be able to support one another in our family business. And and I think once I transitioned my mindset to that, like it wasn't anything yeah, to be self-conscious about. And it wasn't something that I needed to be any kind of ashamed about, like super proud. And I love what I'm doing and I feel so alive in that. And yeah, so I I would say that's a challenge that I had that I have, you know, shifted my perspective on. Totally. That's the, that's the only way you should go about it. Because honestly, people will always have something to criticize about every single person. Absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, I'm living, um, I'm not living for uh, Other people. others' opinions. Yeah. And everybody's got their their own career paths and I've found mine and yeah. it's not something I ever could have dreamed up. This wasn't something that I could have said, oh, I'm going to major in that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but all of my life experiences have combined to create this really, this really lovely path that I'm on now. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And so the last question before we go into the rapid fire fun questions to end this episode on a light note um, is the one that I always love to ask people that I interview and just I try to tackle it on my show. Um, I'm pretty sure you guys, each of you or individually or together, have had an experience where you feel like you're probably the only ones to live it or to think it at some point. Maybe it was like a thought or a fear or just something that was holding you back. Can you tell us what it was and maybe what you would tell other people that might be thinking of the same thing? So the question is, have we had an experience where where we thought no one else has had that, but in fact, other people have had it? Yeah. Yeah. For example, like for me, I used to think, oh, I'm Mexican German. Like it's very weird. uh, And probably the only one that doesn't feel either or. And then Uh I talked to some people and they're like, oh no, I'm half, half as well, but I never feel a hundred percent one or the Mm -hmm. other. So it's like just these things that you think, oh, I'm probably the only one to think it, but actually maybe thousands or hundreds of people have felt it. I guess like any millennial, like I've been depressed or I've had anxiety or panic attacks. And I guess maybe, yeah, maybe when I was younger, I thought that that was more unique. Whereas now I'm almost embarrassed to say it because it's so cliche sounding. <laughs> um, but still not many people talk about it. I feel like it's, it should be an important thing that people... 
conversed about. Feel like, I feel like people talk a lot. I mean, like a generation ago, like thing. no, oh maybe, yeah, maybe it's you an know. American thing. I don't know. Like a generation ago, nobody would talk about that. Whereas now, it's like yeah, that's true. I don't know. It's like if someone's talking about their mental health and they're like not on an antidepressant, I'm like, what? You're not on an antidepressant? Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Yeah, good point. But I think, like Ashley said, it's more of an American thing. That's interesting. Yeah, I, uh... just being really communicative about, yeah, just about struggles or things that you've gone through. And I think, yeah, like Josh said, maybe in my adolescence, you know, there were things that I more thought, oh, it's just me. But now I think people, at least in our society and our culture, are more communicative about mental health and about challenges and things around that, which is great, you know, and we also have a lot of information available on the internet. So you can, you know, say, oh, wow, there's lots of people who who are feeling this way. But as far as right now, I can't think of anything in particular that I feel like, oh, it's just, just me. Yeah. Well, that's important though. That's good that you mentioned that. And it's definitely true. People should be more open about like what they're feeling and what they think and like mental health and everything. Definitely agree. Do you, so, so guys, Sabrina, can I turn that question yeah. to you? So you are, oh do my you, um, uh, <laughs> where, what do you consider yourself like culturally? Like, I know you, you live in, in France right now. Like, do you most identify with like French culture or Mexican culture or like, and she's lived in the United States. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. So she's, um, everywhere. <laughs> that's, yeah. Yeah, that's a loaded question. Um, I actually cannot really define it. I can best say I have Mexican traits. So I do have some certain aspects because I obviously grew up there. And then I do have certain aspects that are very German. Um, Most likely I'm super square minded sometimes and like a bit of an OCD person. Um, But also I grew up with like watching cartoons and stuff from the States. So I feel like I also connect very well with the American culture. And since I've been living in Europe and France, more likely for the past six years, also French. So it's just like a weird combination of different cultures. But yeah. I can never say, oh, I'm from here. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. So cool. It's it's fun to hear that perspective because I think growing growing up, I would often like, you know, when you play with your friends, I would pretend to be yeah. British because I thought it was so <laughs> just so cool, like to be European. And yeah. like, I kind of felt not like a lack, maybe like kind of like a lack of an like a um, cultural identity, right? Like, you know, my mm-hmm. family uh, is from Ireland, right? But I'm a few generations removed. And yeah. it just kind of I don't know, you want to kind of fit somewhere, yeah. you know, and here in America, we're from all over and come from everywhere. So, so yeah. Yeah. He used to pretend <laughs> yeah, to be so British. That's, <laughs> that's the thing that Ashley used to do that she thought no one else did. Is that I yeah, so she wanted to be British yeah. and then she found out there's a whole, yeah. a whole world of, uh, <laughs> what do you call it, Anglophiles? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, See, yeah, I knew gosh. something would come out. That's, <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it was hidden. You didn't want to admit it to us. Yeah, now it's, yeah, now it's out. Okay, guys. So are you ready for the rapid fire questions? Yeah. Okay. First one. Would you rather be in jail for a year or lose a year off your life? Ooh. Be in jail for a year. Definitely. Oh, gosh. really? Yeah. I think I would lose a year off my life, honestly. But you're losing a year either way. You know what I mean? Like the year is lost. So you might as well spend it in jail reading. <laughs> or you're just going to die a year sooner. That's, but you know what I mean? Could, like, or you could get like, 
Do you her think in a, jail. a year in jail would be that unpleasant that you yes. would just sacrifice a year? <laughs> yes. Nah, I think jail is like, it's what you make of it. All right. <laughs> jail. <laughs> That's a motivational speaker right there. Jail. It's what you make of it. Yeah. No, I literally know a motivational speaker who was a bank robber. He went to jail and he came out with yeah. like two college degrees and a book written. Oh, wow. So I feel yeah. like okay. it would probably be great That's... for my career as a motivational speaker. <laughs> a very interesting perspective. I, I approve. Um, would you guys rather go back to age five with everything you know now or know everything your future self will learn now? Ooh. I feel like I'd be a super weirdo five-year-old if I knew everything I knew now, but I don't know that I would want to know all of my future ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I probably, I would, I mean, if you get to like keep progressing starting at age five, future. yeah, I would go yeah. back because then it adds like 30 years to your life Yeah, because you get to start yeah, over at okay, age five good. and you could be so you could just like crush all of the other kids and everything. Like, <laughs> your domination would be amazing. Like, you know what I mean? Like you could start an amazing business at age five and people would be yeah. like, what? How do you already know about the cloud? <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Okay. Now the easy ones, romance or thrillers? thrillers. Romance. Ah, <laughs> hugs or kisses? Hugs. What was your character? You have to say one. Oh, hugs. <laughs> um, a travel abroad or in your country? Abroad. Abroad. Dogs or cats? Ooh, Dogs. cats. <laughs> Music or books? Books. Books. Rain or snow? Ooh, rain. Snow. Oh, and the last one. Cozy night in or crazy night out? Going out. Crazy night in. <laughs> so we're the opposite in everything. Yeah, I can attest to that. We would not be compatible in a relationship. Yes, it goes to show, you know, just because if those have answers on some dating app, you might be like, oh. That's true. Yeah, that really does. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If dating apps are based on like that, then Then, no wonder they're not working for so many people. But actually, most of the um, couples that work out that I know have been opposites, so... Something yeah. to look at. You got, it keeps, yeah. keeps you an interesting character. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, guys, we've reached the end of the episode. I want to thank Josh and Ashley so much. This has been so amazing and so fun. And finally, I got to talk to you, Josh. Yeah, likewise. It's really Yay! nice to meet you, Sabrina. And Thanks hopefully so we'll much, meet Sabrina. in person someday. Definitely. Hopefully our travel plans come through and then we can go. And so obviously, if you guys want to check out Josh's amazing costumes and Ashley's amazing blog, I will link their Instagrams to the description so you can go ahead and check them out. Obviously, ours is going to be there as well. And we'd really love to know your feedback. So as I always tell you, you can find the information on our Instagram at Pretty Sure Podcast, and all the links will be there for feedback, reviews, following every other social media we have. And just if you want to say hi, we're here to answer all of your DMs. And I hope you guys have an amazing week and peace out, everyone.